0: Let's look in the word of the Lord to Psalms chapter 34, if you're a guest or a friend, we're so honored you're here with us tonight. If this is your home church, we're honored you're here tonight, amen, and, and I'm honored to be here tonight. Psalms chapter 34, verse 1. Now, I heard that a lot of times on Wednesday nights, it's teaching, and y'all know what the difference is between Pentecostal preaching and Pentecostal teaching? It's only about five miles an hour and a few decibels. That's the only difference. Yeah. Amen. But we'll do our best to kind of uh, walk in in both of those. Psalms 34 verse 1, before we read our text, I would like to, to just make a couple of, of statements and ask a question. But if 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 I would tell you that I had the keys to your favorite vehicle, whatever your favorite vehicle is, and I would say... I have the keys, and I'm giving them to you, and that vehicle out there will be yours. That would be pretty exciting, whatever your favorite vehicle is. And so tonight, I feel like the principle that I'm just going to share for a few minutes is as powerful in God's kingdom as being handed a set of keys to a great vehicle. To me, it is a principle that causes you to never be able to be defeated by the devil. It's a principle that causes the the channel of God's love and blessing to never be damned up, to never stop the flow into your life. Amen. So I ask you a question. If If I would tell you I could offer you those keys to that kind of a promise, would you accept those keys or would you accept that key? Amen. I think we would. I think we would, and so I would like to just maybe make a statement. I know this is a strong statement, but it's not so much what I'm going to say. It's a God principle that I believe is one of the greatest commitments you can ever make in your life, and I know if we said, well, what's one of the greatest commitments? Well, to serve the Lord. What's another great commitment? Well, another great commitment is, is who, who am I going to marry may be a great commitment, but tonight I want to share with us what I believe is if, if you haven't already, is if you make this commitment, it's one of the greatest commitments you can make in your life. Let's look at this principle. It's in Psalms chapter 34, verse 1. The Bible says this. I, matter of fact, why don't you just go ahead and say it with me. I'm going to read it slow. I will bless the Lord at all times. There's your principle. There's your key right there. Amen. We're going to talk about it a little bit, but say it back with me. Let's slow it down and break it down. I, who's that mean? I want you to look around real quick. Who's sitting between your elbows? Now this brother has got two because he's hugging his lady. But for the most part, who sits between your elbows? You. I'm not talking about the person down the road tonight. They need to hear it too, but I'm talking to you. The principle says, I. I what? I will. It's it's already decided. I will bless the Lord. So what am I going to do? I'm going to bless who? The Lord. When? Oh, no, just when it's convenient. Oh, no, just when... I feel the Holy Ghost chill bumps bumping. Oh, just when everything's going good. That's not what the principle says. The psalmist said, I will bless the Lord at all times. Amen. So we're making tonight, we're just going to talk for a little bit. That's our title tonight, that, that statement. I will bless the Lord at all times His praise shall continually be in my mouth. Amen. If you can make this up in your mind and activate it, then you become a Christian that the devil can never defeat. You become a child of God that the blessings of God, oh, you may have some tough times, but the blessing of God is always going to find its way into your life when you determine, I will bless God at all times. I mean, the psalmist, he, he talked to himself sometimes. This is an example. He's talking to himself. Self, listen here. Now, I didn't write the Bible, but it may have come out like that if I did. All oh, Britain, you listen to me. I don't know if you ever preach message to yourself looking in the mirror, but I've preached to me looking in the mirror. Amen. Because sometimes I need it way more than the people at church I'm going to be preaching at. Another one where the psalmist talked to himself is Psalms 103, verse 1. He said, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Amen. Another scripture he stated in Psalms chapter 57, verse 7. He said, my heart is fixed, O God. My heart is fixed. I will, there's that phrase again. I will sing and give praise. Now, I sang a little bit tonight, and my boy was over there about elbowing me because I can't sing real good. But when I think it's just Jesus listening, I give it my best shot. But the psalmist said, I will sing. And I will give praise. He's settling. He's saying, the issue is settled. I'm not going to let a situation decide it for me. I'm deciding it. I will bless the Lord. I will bless the Lord with all that is within me. My heart is fixed. My heart is fixed. By the way, I leaned over to Brother Price tonight when, Brother Paul, when you were singing, he's a good, good father. Father. I told him, I said, I'll make my kids sing that song at least once a week around the house. <laughs> and if they don't sing it, I'll sing it to myself. But if we can make up in our mind, whether it's sunshine or rain, laughter or pain, the issue's already settled. I... Will bless the Lord. Whether it's cloud nine or cloud one. How many of y'all ever heard of cloud one? I've only ever heard of cloud nine. But they got to get there somewhere, and I figure they get there going one through eight. (laughs) I have never researched the origins of cloud nine, but I think there's a one through eight, and I've had a few minus one through eights but i can't just worship my god on cloud 9 I can't just decide he's my God when everything's going perfect but if it's somewhere in between I'm going to pout, I'm going to give up I'm going to quit, I've settled it in my mind, amen and I found out it's one of the greatest principles on the planet that I'm not going to let the day determine I'm not going to let the circumstance determine, I'm not going to let the situation determine whether I lift up my heart and worship to God, I've settled it cloud one, cloud minus three the worst day of my life the best day of my life I'm going to bless the Lord because he's my God he's on the throne and he's all amen he's all in all and he's in charge I'm going to bless him at all times if I'm on the mountaintop if I'm in the valley low if I just had a great victory or if i just experienced seeming defeat i'm going to bless the lord well brother albritton is you're telling us to just have blind faith and if everything goes wrong for a little stretch we still just bless god It's not blind faith. It's called belief. I believe he's done it for me before. Amen. It may not have worked out how I wanted to right now, but God's going to take care of it again in the future. I'm going to keep on blessing him. I'm going to keep, I'm not going to just be a fair weather worshiper. I'm not just going to be a celebration only worshiper. I'm going to bless the Lord in all the seasons of life. The psalmist said, My heart is fixed. A story that happened to me that helps me define or understand that verse, it comes from something very spiritual, and that's my first deer hunt. My dad wasn't a deer hunter. I'd never deer hunted. I'll make this short, but I'd never deer hunted up until my mid to late 20s. And I was assistant pastor at a church in Louisiana, and they took a bunch of guys for a two-day deer hunt on public land. It was only two days a year that was rifle. And, and, and man, they'd have men in the church go. They only hunted a, a day and a half a year. That was their whole deer season. They hunted on Friday morning, Friday evening, and Saturday morning after Thanksgiving, drove home for church on Sunday. A couple of them were deer hunters. Most of them were, were I, I called them deer shooters. They, just, they were just out there for a couple of days. And they're like, all Britain, go with us. I'm like, "Sure." I mean, I'd hunt squirrels and rabbits and all that, but my dad wasn't a hunter. And, and, uh, and so, so I, I went with them. And they took me out the day before, and it wasn't heavy-duty scouting. It was public land, and they took me down this trail about three-quarters of a mile, half mile. And the guy said, if you go out that corner right there, out that backside, there should be some good, good sign. I'd never deer hunted in my life. He walked out there with me the day before, and uh, he said, I think this would be a good spot. I didn't have a climbing stand. That's what the guys brought. You know, they all got up in trees. I didn't have one. Nobody had an extra one. So back at the camp, I found this orange, like, foam pad. And I was like, that's my tree stand. I found a deadfall tree down that trail. And and I found where I could climb up in that tree and sit on that little pad. And that was my spot. They got up like at 3.30 in the morning. Crazy. They called it fun. (laughs) I climbed up in that tree. I had all kinds of snacks in my backpack. When you get in a tree at 5, and it don't get daylight till 6.15 cause they wanted the woods to settle down before, you know, whatever. Every snack I had was gone by the time the sun came up. That's a long time to sit still. I didn't see nothing. I didn't see one thing that morning, about 10.30, 11. They said we climbed down, so I climbed down. And right when I was almost to the bottom of my deadfall tree, I had the gun strapped to my back, you know, on a strap, and I had my backpack, but I kind of lost my balance, and when I landed, I bumped my back against the tree behind me, and I said, uh-oh, and I held the gun up, and sure enough, the gun pointed this way, and the scope pointed that way, but it had the, the open sights that you could still hunt under the scope, so even though I had, a, I went back that evening, and right before dark, man, the magic happened, and four or five deer stepped out. And uh, I got me a doe on my first day, my first hunt. And by the time I got back to the camp, that doe was running 50 miles an hour. I slipped in my tree, I was hanging upside down, and I shot her with one hand, and she was running by. That ain't what happened, but that's the story I told at the camp. <laughs> well, we went back home that weekend, and Brother Mike Revere said, Greg, come out to the house tomorrow. We're going we gonna to fix that scope. And. I remember he took the scope off. I think he'd gotten some other brackets or something. But I remember he started with the brackets. And he, he either replaced them or he made sure they weren't bent. And then he bolted those brackets back on and made sure the brackets were right. Then he puts the scope in the brackets and he makes sure it's bolted in there, screwed in there tight, and, and, and it's just right. And then we started fine-tuning the scope and the aim. And for some reason, that story, resetting that scope, has matched this verse for me since then. My heart is fixed. Amen. We had to bolt the brackets down. We had to fine tune the scope and say this is the aim, this is the target. And that little story has fit for me for this verse when the psalmist said, "My heart is fixed." It's like he's saying the issue is settled. I made sure the brackets are right and I bolted them down. I will bless God. I made sure the scope is pointed in the right direction, and it's fine-tuned. Heart, listen to me. This is what we're going to do. This is the aim. I feel the Holy Ghost in the house. This is the target. Somebody may need you to say, self, you got to bolt it down tonight. You're going to bless the Lord come hell or high water. You're going to honor God no matter what season you go through. You're going to lift up Jesus when you feel like it and when you don't because he's still God, and he's still on the throne. Don't Don't let the devil steal your praise. Don't let the devil steal your worship. Bolt it down. Lock it down. Settle the issue. Fine tune it and say this is the way it's going to be. Settle the issue. Because you know what I've learned? If you don't settle the issue, then at some point you'll be in a situation big enough to keep you from blessing God. You'll be in a circumstance big enough. We used to sing a song, lyrics in that song said, ain't no mountain high enough to keep my praise from going up in everything. Give thanks. But you know what I've learned? The devil's a good bulldozer operator, and he'll build a mountain big enough to keep your praise from going up if you don't settle it in your spirit. I, somebody say it with me. I will bless the Lord at all times. Let me make a statement. I've kind of said this already, but I want to I want to say it real succinctly and, and very clearly. Don't let circumstances dictate what kind of worshiper you will be. Let me say that again. Don't Let circumstances dictate what type of worshiper you will be. Don't wait until the battle. Don't wait until the trial. Don't wait until the storm. Don't wait until you're broke. Don't wait until you're sick. Don't wait until somebody walks out on you or hurts you to decide, am I going to bless the Lord? Amen. I've settled it in my mind. If I'm broke, he's still worthy of praise. If I'm sick, he's still worthy of praise. If you treat me bad or somebody treats me bad, he is still worthy of, oh, I may have a bad day or two, but I'm going to circle around and say, wait a minute. You're my God. You're on the throne. I bless you. Somehow you didn't stop it from happening, but you're still my God. And I love you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So, you know, what I'm thankful for in the Bible is it doesn't just paint pretty pictures of all of our heroes. I mean, one of my favorite characters is Simon Peter. And I love the fact that they put in there that he walked on water. And I love the fact that they put that he took his eyes off Jesus and sunk like an anchor. I mean, anybody, anybody else thankful that's in there? Because I've, I've, I've done great things for God, and the next day sunk like an anchor, and I say, oh, Jesus, I need you. He ran his mouth so much. You ever studied Simon Peter? That dude had a mouth. He denied Jesus three times with that mouth. He got in some trouble with that mouth. But guess what? On the day of Pentecost, Jesus said, I need somebody that's got a mouth that'll step out and preach. And he said, Peter, come on. I need somebody that'll step out the both. I need somebody that ain't afraid to talk. Amen. Jesus turned his mess into a message. He turned, oh, come on, he turned his test into that testimony. I'm glad that's in there. You know another one I'm glad that's in the Bible? Nation of Israel. Sometimes in the church, and we better keep praying for the nation of Israel and peace in Jerusalem. Bible tells us there's a blessing to pray those prayers. But the nation of Israel in the Old Testament, sometimes we spiritualize them. That's God's people. They were hard-headed. Oh, they were stubborn, weren't they? Anybody? You you might be scared to say it. I ain't scared to say it. They were hard-headed. New Testament called them stiff-necked. But what they were good at was celebration praise. What I like to call they were reactors. They were great reactors both ways. And the Bible tells us all about it. So let's, let's talk about it a little bit. You know, they, they were getting hit hard by the Egyptians, so they cried out for deliverance. And God said, I'm setting you free. They get to the Red Sea, and it don't look like they have a way out. They started whining pretty hard. Moses cried out to God, and the Red Sea divided. They walked through on dry land, and when they got to the other side, they said, Where's our tambourine? He's the best God ever. I'm going to dance and shine. And they did. They wrote a whole song. They danced on the side of the Red Sea because God took care of those Egyptians, and they shouted and rejoiced until they got hungry. Am I telling the truth? And then they whine and they complain and they quit blessing God. And then God's like, aggravating, but I'm going to give you some manna. So here came manna from heaven. And then here came quail. They said, where's our tambourines? Until they got thirsty. And they spent their whole journey all the way to the door of the promised land. The door of the promised land. And the spies said, there's giants. There's giants. You know what they did? They, they literally turned their back on God and said, let's elect elect a captain and go all the way back to Egypt. This ain't worth it. You're at the door of the promised land. I present to y'all that they may have blessed God on the celebration, but it was very immature to only bless him when he did something great, when they turn around and whine and complain and wanted to give up when things didn't go their way. You know what it tells me? They didn't really believe God had their best interest at heart. Because if you believe God has your best interest at heart, even on the tough day, you can say, you did it for me before. I'm kind of in a dry spot now. I didn't get the answer to the prayer that I thought, but you're still God. Amen. you didn't lead us out here for us to starve to death. So what's your plan this time? I bless you. Lord. It's not as easy when it's going tough. It's not as easy when you're hungry or when you can't pay the bills that month. But I encourage somebody, don't just celebrate when you get the bonus check in the mail and then pout and stay home when something goes wrong. Determine. I'm telling somebody it's a key to victory. It's a key to success in the kingdom of God. It's a key to blessing. When you determine, I will bless the Lord at all times. You know what happened to that generation? They did not make it into the promised land because God said, you're going to go walk in the wilderness. Your next generation will make it, but they won't make it. Here's a statement I like to make. Your blessing of the Lord shows your belief in the Lord. And if you don't bless him at all times, then it shows, and I'm not trying to be mean, but it shows that you don't believe in him. At all times. But when we can bless him in the tough times, it lets God see from the heavens. They didn't get the answer they thought they should get. They don't have it all seemingly going right right now. But they lifted their hands anyway. Amen. And God, I believe, looks down from heaven and say, They may be in a tough time right now, but it's not going to last too long because I'm going to pour my blessing. So here's the, here's the key. Here's what I believe is the key, why I believe it's a principle that causes you to be undefeatable. And it's also, I made the statement, it's a principle that causes the channel, and this is so vital to me, the channel of blessing flow above your head in the spirit, above your family, above your home. It causes it to never be turned off. Brother Greg, does that mean I'll never go through a tough time? No. It means God keeps good records and you may go through a tough time, but that channel is going to continue to flow. He's going to bless you. Here, here's the principle. I believe it strongly. You ever heard? I imagine it's been said in the last 14 days at this church during offering time because all of us preachers do it almost all the time. Let's give unto the Lord two things. Smile because God loves a cheerful giver. Here's the other one. You can't outgive God. Am I telling the truth? Have you said it probably the last 14, 21 days? Probably. No. You can't outgive God. Can you outgive God? No. You can't outbless Him either. So here's the deal when you bless Him at all times and you cannot outbless Him, it's kind of like an offering. I've given offerings by faith, not having the money saying it's an I you, and God miraculously provided that offering for missions when I stepped out. Had that happen many times because you can't out-give God. Well, if you can't out-bless God, and even in your tough times, you say, I bless you, Lord. You know what you're ensuring? That the God who's going to bless you back is looking down going, I can't let them out-bless me. I've got to pour something back out on them. I've got to let anointing come on them. I've got to let strength and grace. You can't out bless God. Let's just take a moment right now and bless him. Could we do that in this house? God, we bless you. God, we bless you. God, we bless you. God, we bless you. So sometimes it's celebration praise, but notice what Hebrews said in verse, chapter 13, verse 15 said, by him, talking about Jesus, let us offer. Somebody help me out. Let us offer what? It's not always easy. Sometimes it's a sacrifice, but when you learn, it's just what I do. We used to sing a song that says, and I literally in church would talk back to them sometimes. I don't know if y'all ever do that, but I'd sing that song and go, I'll tell you. The song says, I feel like praising, praising him. And one time I said, I really don't. I don't feel like praising him. But I'm going to anyway because it don't matter how I feel. It matters that he's God on the throne. Y'all don't talk back to the singing, but I do sometimes. I feel. By him, therefore, let us offer what? The sacrifice. Sometimes it's not easy. Sometimes it's a sacrifice. Let's talk about it for a minute. Could talk about David because he was a great celebration praiser. Ark of the Covenant coming home, he danced in the street. But then after a tough time in his life when he made a bad choice, and God brought judgment into his life. He fasted and prayed for seven days and did not get the answer that he wanted. He just ended a seven-day fast, and he didn't get the answer that he wanted. And when he found out he didn't get the answer that he wanted, the Bible said he rose up from that time of fasting and he went to the house of God and worshiped, which tells me he made up in my mind. Even when I don't understand or even when I've messed up or things have gone, even when I don't, he fasted seven days and he didn't get his answer. He went to the house of God with no preacher and no choir and he said, I can just hear him saying, God, you're still God. You're still my God and I bless you and I praise you and I worship. Let's look at another one. Job. What a beautiful story. Job chapter 1, the first few verses, talks about how great he was, how wealthy he was, how respected he was. A man who honored God, who worshiped God, who gave offerings and sacrifices to God. And Job didn't know, however it happened in the heavens, that the devil got to approach the throne of God and say, you know, God said, God brought it up. I mean, God brought it up, said, hey, devil, Satan, have you, have you considered Job? He's, he's one of my best guys down there. And Job was like, yeah, you got him all protected. Ain't nothing can go wrong with him. And, and again, I don't have all the explanation of how all this unfolded, but God, I believe, said I'm going to let a message be taught that will be seen in the word of God for all of history. Job Job's not going to know what's going on, but his life is going to preach a powerful message. God said, I'll, I'll remove those protections. And in one day, Job gets four messengers of doom and all of his flocks, all of his herds, all of his wealth gone in one day. And the last messenger of doom said, your kids were killed in a windstorm and da, da, da. And the Bible says, no, he, he just lost. He just lost on the last knock after losing everything else. Your seven sons, your three daughters all died in this storm look at job's reaction job 1 verse 20 job arose he rent his mantle he shaved his head because that's grief that was signs of grief in that culture so he's hurting and he fell down on the ground and what did he do next somebody answer me. this ain't celebration praise folks This ain't, I got a $10,000 check in the mail I wasn't expecting. This is the worst possible day a human can have. And he said, I'm not letting the circumstance, somebody hear this preacher tonight. I'm not letting the circumstances determine whether he's my God. I settled that a long time ago. I'm not letting the circumstances determine whether I'm going to still worship my God. I'm in the most painful day of my life, but he fell on the ground and he worshiped. Somebody hear me tonight. He had said, settled it in his mind, I will bless the Lord at all times. He had settled it in his mind. Whatever happens, it's not changing my walk with God. He fell on the ground in worship and then he makes this powerful statement. The Lord gave. The Lord has taken away. Blessed. Blessed. Blessed be the name of the Lord. I'm closing in the next few moments, but can somebody agree with me? We're so quick to bless when the Lord gives. Aren't we? Aren't we? But can we, like Job says, say, He also is the God who sometimes seems to take away? He gave. Yes. It didn't go my way. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Had an elder tell me one time, standing in a building in California, that I think had been for sale for one point four million and he held on to his offer and that church held on to that offer that they had made and it was a church, it wasn't their main church. It was a church where they had outreach church for the Filipinos, for the Hmong communities. They had several different Vietnamese they had like three or four different nationalities having church in this building and, and it had been for sale for one point four million. And he said he he felt to offer four hundred thousand and they laughed him under the table. And he said a year later, they called him sheepishly and said, we've got no other offers, Reverend. Said, "Could we, we needed 1.4, you offered $400,000. Can you offer us maybe eight or 900000 and we'll have a deal? He talked to his church board, and they decided to add $50,000 to their offer. And they're offered $450,000. And he said the call came. He's telling me this as I'm looking at this building. And he said the call came back. And they said, Reverend, we don't like it. But we'll take your offer. And he said, we got this, Brother Allbritton, for $450,000, Brother Kenneth Haney. And just me and him in that building, he looked at me and he said, you hear me, young man. You hear me. He said, when you honor God, it may not always come the next day, and it may not come back to you the next week, but when you honor God, it will come back to you. When you honor God, it will come back to you. Job, when you bless him on your worst day, when you bless him from a tough place, it may not come back to you. You the next day. It may not seem to come back to you the next week, but I'm telling somebody when you keep honoring God, it's going to come back to you. When you keep honoring God, it's going to come back to you. Job, bless God from a bad place. I want you to leave this, I mean, ha- leave this with you in closing. We, I'm just going to say it a little bit differently than he said. He said the Lord gives, the Lord takes away. Let me say it this way. We love to bless God when it's a good place, but Job blessed God from a bad place. But here's the way I like to think about it. If I bless God from a bad place and God inhabits blessing and praises, then I'm ensuring that God comes into that bad place. And when God stays there, it's not gonna stay a bad place long. So when you say, I will bless the Lord at all times, you're saying, I will bless him from my good places. I'm gonna dance with the dancers when we're dancing. I'm gonna be the one grabbing a tambourine. I'm gonna be the one, but when I'm in a tough place, when I'm in a low place, It's not the same. It may be hard to even lift my hands. It may be hard to praise God. I got three minutes left. I wanna be careful with, with the children and the youth and all that. But when my dad died of a heart attack when I was 21, he'd heard me preach Brother Eric three times had a heart attack, it started at a church picnic, he thought he overheated, went home, and passed away within 10, 15 minutes of getting home. 46 years old, I was 21, he'd heard me preach three times. All in my local church. He passed away on a Saturday. My mom moved things along quickly, the wake was on Sunday night at our church, and the funeral was on Monday. Boom, boom, boom. And I don't remember if it was Sunday afternoon or Monday before the service. And I'm not trying to pin roses on me or make you think, but it's the origins of this message that unfolded. And it's become a principle that I'll never let not be a part of my life, ever. Because God blesses when you bless him from bad places. He brings his love and grace and oil and strength into those bad places i told my friend i just wanted somebody with me i said david come with me we went behind the church through the back parking lot behind the christian school between the two air conditioners and david standing on the side and i said david just stand there and I lifted my hands, and I just wanted to be just me and Jesus. And I just started telling you're still my God. I'm hurting as bad as I've ever hurt. But I just want you to know you're still my God. And I can't explain it except it was Jesus. I'm hurting as bad as I've ever hurt in my life. My 46-year-old dad who loved God and honored God with all of his being, he, he's, he's, he's gone into eternity. And I begin to say, God, I worship you. God, I bless you. You're still, I just had to let him know he was still my God, even though I was hurting so bad. And right there in that field behind our Christian school, I began to dance before the Lord. That don't seem to make sense. My buddy David was like, Greg, you don't have to. I said, you don't understand. I want to. God's still my God. And somehow the anointing came into that field. And the presence, was I still hurting? Yes. Did I still walk back in there and grieve? Yes. But I just had I had to let God know in the toughest moment of my life, you're still on the throne. You're still my God. I ain't giving up on you. Don't give up on me. I bless your name. And it served me well. It served me well. It served me well. I'm not here just to share my whole life story, but I've had loss since then. I've had people tell me, some of you know my story of tragically losing our wife. A lover of God, but a complete mental, spiritual, emotional, or mental and emotional breakdown. Tough ending. Heart right with God, but her mind was broke. People said, Brother Greg, if anybody seemed like could walk away from God, and I don't think there's ever an excuse to walk away from God. I'm never walking away from God. And there's never going to be a day, because I learned it between those two air conditioners behind that Christian school, there's never going to be a day that I can't lift my hands and say, you're still my God, and you're still on the end of the story. God restored all things to Job. The end of the story, the blessings of God continue to unfold in his life. I look right here to my left. Don't tell me it doesn't pay to stay faithful. I know a little bit of your story. I know a little bit of your story. Both parents in eternity because of COVID, tough situations. But the dude comes in grinning like crazy. I think he wants a couple more kids. It pays to stay faithful. It pays to keep lifting up the name of the Lord. It pays to keep your heart of worship continuing. Can we stand in the house of God tonight? I say it as I said at the beginning. One of the greatest commitments you can ever make is this. I will bless the Lord at all times. Somebody say it with me, at all times. One more moment together. Could we lift our hands to the Lord? Some of you may be lifting your hands from a good place. You may have had a great victory this week. But some of you may be lifting your hands from a bad place. Some of you may be at all points in between. Some of you may be saying, God, I'm at a good place right now. But if in six months I hit a bad place, I'm going to remember. I'm not going to let anything take my worship. I'm not going to let anything take my... Would you just lift both of those hands to the heaven? Somebody let your words come from your heart right now. Somebody let something come from your soul right now. Somebody let something come from your spirit right now. I bless you.